0: FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's get into the lyrics of Sweet Judy Blue Eyes by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is seven and a half minutes of pure vocal harmonic ear candy written by Stephen Stills and performed by what you might call the first supergroup with Stills, David Crosby, and Graham Nash. All three artists had had success with their previous bands, Stills with Buffalo Springfield, Crosby with the Birds, and Nash with the Hollies, but each were ready to move on to something else by the late 60s. After the three met up at a party in 1968 at the home of either Mama Cass Elliot or Joni Mitchell, depending on who you ask, Stills remains adamant that it was Mama Cass's house and the other two say it wasn't Mitchell's. But either way, they discovered that their voices combined in a really complimentary way and quickly formed Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They recorded their eponymous album soon after that. Previous to all this, back in the early 60s, Stephen Stills was a struggling singer-songwriter busking around New York City's Greenwich Village at the peak of the folk music movement. It was there, while living with a friend, that he became aware of the singer Judy Collins, a woman who had been recording music since 1961, with eclectic tastes and a penchant for finding the right material to showcase her delicate voice. Folk classics like Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man and Pete Seeger's Turn, Turn, Turn. Stills has said that he was completely entranced by both her voice and her cornflower blue eyes, which stared out at him from her album covers. If you've ever seen a picture of Judy Collins, you can't help but notice those mesmerizing eyes. They are bluer than what seems natural and pretty hard to forget. Stills ended up meeting Collins, and the two became involved romantically in a relationship that would be on again, off again, a relationship that would be the inspiration for Sweet Judy Blue Eyes and more songs written by Stephen Stills. He worked with Collins on her seventh album, Who Knows Where the Time Goes, which was released in 1968, playing guitar and bass, but the two eventually drifted apart, and then back together, and then apart again. She eventually began dating the actor Stacey Keach, who was confronted by Stills about that relationship. By 1969, Stills had written several poems about Collins, and by the time Crosby, Stills and Nash got together to record their debut album, Stills realized what he had in those poems was a suite of music, in the classical sense, a song made up of different parts when they were all strung together. In the liner notes of the 1991 Crosby, Stills, and Nash box set, Stills explains, It started out as a long narrative poem about my relationship with Judy. It poured out of me over many months and filled several notebooks. I had a hell of a time getting the music to fit. I was left with all these pieces of song, and I said, Let's sing them together and call it a suite, because they were all about the same thing, and they led up to the same point. So with that in mind, the song sort of named itself, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, a suite of verses and choruses pleading for their relationship to continue. And it also works in a different sense when you think of the sweet, entrancing blue eyes of Judy Collins. The song starts like this. It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. I'm sorry. Sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud. I am lonely. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it hard. Remember what we've said and done and felt about each other. Oh babe, have mercy. Don't let the past remind us of what we are not now. I am not dreaming. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it hard. It's all for Collins, a heartbreaking appeal to stay. And once you get those three-part vocal harmonies with David Crosby and Graham Nash singing and playing along with Stills to deliver these words, magic. I'll also mention that when recording this song, Stephen Stills laid down the acoustic guitar part in just one take. All the different tempos, parts, and pieces of this seven-and-a-half-minute song in just one take. It must have been a cathartic release for him after holding on to the feelings expressed in these lyrics for so long. The next part of the song goes like this Tearing yourself away from me now, you are free, and I am crying. This does not mean I don't love you. I do. That's forever, yes, and for always. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it hard. Something inside is telling me that I've got your secret. Are you still listening? Fear is the lock and laughter the key to your heart. And I love you. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it hard. Wow. The next set of lyrics deals with the awful drama of a hot and cold relationship, sharing time and then wanting a person to go away. How it's always harder for one person than the other when a relationship ends. Stills in this case. Friday evening, Sunday in the afternoon. What have you got to lose? Tuesday morning, please be gone. I'm tired of you. What have you got to lose? Can I tell it like it is? Help me, I'm suffering. Listen to me. It's my heart that's suffering, it's dying. And that's what I have to lose. And the next set of lyrics is kind of a dig on Collins. She was undergoing therapy at the time, seeing a therapist who followed the Sullivan method of putting a lot of emphasis on a person's early development to combat anxiety. Collins was seeing the therapist several times a week. And stills disagreed with the results she was getting. He sings, I've got an answer. I'm going to fly away. What have I got to lose? Will you come see me Thursdays and Saturdays? What have you got to lose? So there he's basically saying, This therapist you're seeing on Thursdays and Saturdays isn't really working for you. And by the way, I'm right here whenever you want to talk to somebody. What have you got to lose? The song continues, and the music changes to a faster tempo in the suite, and some of the most poetically evocative lyrics come next. Chestnut brown canary, ruby-throated sparrow, Sing a song, don't be long, thrill me to the marrow. Voices of the angels ring around the moonlight, Asking me said she's so free, how can you catch the sparrow? Lacy lilting lady, losing love lamenting. Change my life, make it right, be my lady. Now, canaries are of course not typically brown, but Judy Collins had brown hair and she sang like a bird. Sparrows don't have ruby throats, but are usually brown. This, too, is a poetic take on Collins's golden, or in this case, ruby, pipes and her ability to sing like a bird or an angel. She is his songbird, and he asks the angels, How can he keep her? To which the angels reply, That's as hard as catching a sparrow. She is his lacy, lilting lady, and their love is on the way out. But he doesn't want it to be. It's basically a marriage proposal, or close enough to one, but knowing that it's probably not going to happen, no matter how much he wants it to. The next part of the song, the fourth part of the suite or the outro, falls into a percussive series of vocal do 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 doos, which serve as a kind of bed for the lyrics that end the song. The lyrics are sung in Spanish, but they're not really grammatically correct, so that the words can be interpreted to have different meanings. Stills has said that he intentionally did this to make it hard for even people fluent in Spanish to decipher his meaning. The lyrics are... Que linda me la traga a Cuba, la reina del mar caribe. Quiero solo visitarla a y que triste que no puedo. Vaya, ova, oh ova. Oh Which, roughly translated, would be... How beautiful it would be to bring me to Cuba, the Queen of the Caribbean. I only want to visit you there, and how sad that I can't go. Oh, go, oh, go. And some here Quiero solo visitarla, Ali, as cielo sol no tiene sangre, Ali, which roughly means, heaven's sun has no blood there. Which, all in, I take to mean that the relationship could be a beautiful thing, like a visit to a perfectly gorgeous Caribbean island, but unfortunately, it's not going to be possible. So basically, you have a frenzied ending to the song, sung in a language that is almost made up to suit the sweet, And in a way, this is the perfect ending for this love letter from Stephen Stills to Judy Collins, because isn't that what love is, in a way? speaking a language to another person that only the two of you can really understand. By the time they got to Woodstock, in August of 1969, Crosby, Stills, and Nash had released their debut album. Stills had finally broken up with Judy Collins, and his old bandmate from Buffalo Springfield, Neil Young, had joined the group as an additional member, making them into what some called the American Beatles. Crosby, Stills, and Nash opened their 3AM set at Woodstock with Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, and it was only the second time they'd ever performed it to an audience that was half a million strong. The song went to number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and it's been a staple of classic rock radio ever since. As I mentioned earlier, this wasn't the only song that Stephen Stills wrote for Judy Collins, either. Helplessly Hoping and Love the One You're With also were inspired by their relationship. But it is the epically long, intricate, and truly inspired Sweet Judy Blue Eyes that transcends Stills' infatuation with Collins to become what many call his musical masterpiece. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. On the way, episodes on lyrics from The Talking Heads, Aerosmith, and more classic rock and roll.